0: Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, we want to say thank you to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing simple and easy online ticketing, and vital signs bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is a good friend, Kelly Fish. She's a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and she's the Director of Athletics at the Curry-Ingram Academy. In Brentwood Tennessee Kelly welcome to the podcast
1: thank you so much for having me Jack I, or Jake I really appreciate you doing this and I'm really grateful that um, you know I'm getting to do this with you so thank you
0: oh well uh, I enjoyed working with you uh, at the National Conference uh, this past year and uh, it's been great to get to know you and uh, you know we need somebody from Tennessee so <laughs> as you know the life of an athletic director is very busy these days so we're going to jump right into it we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, um, maybe how your uh, love of sports, you know, led to that first teaching and coaching job.
1: Uh, Definitely. I am born and raised in Kentucky, uh, which means I eat, breathe and sleep basketball. (laughs) And that was my childhood and my life. My dad was a girls basketball coach uh, in central Kentucky where not just basketball reigns, but girls basketball was a really big deal, Uh, and so I was literally raised in the gym, you know, it's not even about being a gym rat, the gym is where I, every moment that I remember from my life happened in the gym, and my whole family was always there, so that's just what we, where we were, and what we did was basketball, Um, I always, you know, I joke, but it's not an exaggeration. Every single meal I had growing up was out. We did not ever eat a meal in because we were either going to the gym, leaving the gym, um, or if we were at home, we didn't have any food because we were so used to being in the gym. So uh, that was my life, and that obviously had a major impact uh, on me and kind of the path that uh, my life took after that. But I did play softball as well. I enjoyed that. Uh, I played basketball till high school and then knew that with my dad as the coach and my skill level, <laughs> it would be better if I just learned everything I could about the sport from him and that was my experience and it was perfect. It was the great um, a great way to really learn the game and get a different perspective on the sport. Um, so did play softball though through high school and really enjoyed that. And then I actually was recruited to be a manager um, by the University of Tennessee uh, and the University of Louisville. Uh, So Pat Summit recruited me, even though I uh, couldn't dribble very well. (laughs) But I ended up going to Louisville because I wanted to stay closer to home and was the manager for the women's basketball team there for four years. I got some amazing opportunities and working camps at Louisville and UConn and UT. And so just really as much as I could be in the gym is where I always wanted to be. Uh, After graduation, I went to Belmont University, where I was an assistant women's basketball coach for a few years, and then realized that 20-year-old girls, uh, making all my choices when I was just about 22 to 24 was probably not going to be for me long term. I wanted to have a little bit more establishment in my life, and so got out of coaching for a while, uh, but just couldn't get away, and you know, I really fell into this athletic administration role here at Curry Ingram. You know, it was definitely God's blessing and plan for my life. I, I, my move to Nashville was random, which was not like me. And my move to athletic administration was a little bit random. Of course, now looking back, you're like, oh, no way. It it was definitely destined and um, where I'm supposed to be. But just was, I had a son and thought my parents were both teachers and coaches. And so I just knew like, you know, I, I liked that lifestyle and I want to create that for my son. So I kind of started looking around and thought maybe I could do that. I have a sport administration master's degree and maybe I could do that and uh, applied and got the job not knowing enough <laughs> and have definitely learned on the job. But I've been at Curry Ingram now for 10 years. Curry Ingram is a to K-12 private school in Brentwood, as you said, which is just south of Nashville. uh, We serve students with learning differences. So unique population, uh, very academic driven in our mission. And so athletics just really supports uh, our students getting a typical athletic experience, which is what uh, every student deserves in my opinion.
0: Wow, Uh, I didn't know all that, that's a great story. (laughs) Um, you kind of touched on our next point uh, in our business uh, we always talk about the importance of leadership and uh, mentoring that next generation uh, i 'm going to guess your dad 's probably at the top of the list, but who are some of the the mentors that you 've had uh, in your career in your life that you can still hear their voice uh, when you 're speaking to your kids or your coaches or uh, in your daily routine
1: Yeah, definitely my parents my dad especially just be in his love of basketball, um, he was one of those coaches that really felt like it was better to be seen than heard. And so he wasn't a yeller, but with a look, his girls knew the demands and knew um, what the expectation was. And so that was a great example. My mom was also a cheerleading coach, but she couldn't clap and stomp and keep beat at the same time. She just thought, you know, I'm at these games, I might as well. And in three years, she won a state championship. So uh, both of them just made it clear that it was about the relationships and about um, showing up for student athletes. And so that was obviously um, the foundation. But since then, so many people that have influenced my life, really going back also to my dad's teams, the girls on those teams, you know, from a young age, I saw women who believed they could do anything and who were willing to put it all on the line and fight and be great teammates and friends, uh, and then grow into great uh, wives and moms and workers. Uh, And so that was obviously, Also a really good example. Coach Cross was my coach at Belmont um, that I got to serve under. And he also just was really strong believer in the relationship piece of uh, the game. Basketball is what he always wanted to talk about, but there was always uh, a message underneath it. And so that was a really good example to me. Uh, and then really locally, Mike Elson from Christ Presbyterian Academy down the road, we're we're five miles apart. And when I got into this profession, like I said, I did not know what I was doing. And I reached out to him and there has not been a time since that I've reached out to him and he hasn't been there to help and offer advice. And um, I cannot thank him enough for, uh, we'll talk more about it, I'm sure, but my role in the NIAAA and everything uh that he encourages me professionally has been really 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 great and uh just invaluable
0: let's go and talk about that since you brought it up uh, i was just on uh, a zoom yesterday with mike and some other ad's uh, We're creating a new course uh, for the niaa uh, we have a, uh, I think we have a lot of young listeners young ad's mm-hmm. and uh, i think it's important to tell our stories on how we got involved uh, and like the two of us, you know now, at, even at the national level. So kind of talk about your story, how you got involved at the local level, the state level, and then on to nationals.
1: Well, I am really um, lucky in that I'm a school at a school that believes in lifelong learning and encourages professional growth, really uh, pushes you to seek out professional communities. And so um, maybe even where I wouldn't have, the school I'm at pushed me to do so uh, and so I just started by reaching out to local athletic directors that I could just meet with and you know thankfully Mike Elson was the first one and he picked up the phone and he had me over for a day and that meeting um, you know it could have been about him or a to-do list or you know my AD toolbox as you um, will talk about but it was about growing myself professionally. He made it all about the NIAAA um, and how I could become uh, just more equipped as an athletic director if I would pour into myself in that way professionally. So uh, the first time the athletic director conference came around, I went, started taking courses, uh, really just uh, worked to obtain some certifications. Didn't think it would go much further, but before I knew it, I was presenting at a workshop. He got me involved in teaching uh, in our state, and then uh, a goal of mine was to be able to become national faculty, and as you know, this past December, joined your amazing team in the middle school um, legal courses and became national faculty, so really excited about that. I'm also our membership chair for the TIAAA, um, Holly Farnese. She also uh, took a chance on me and um, was allowed me to become a faculty for that class. And just, you know, she's also a great role model for me and somebody I look to and hope that one day I can be a little bit like, um, but just, it's just so valuable to be around like minded people, to be uh, empowered, to reach out to others and to know that you're not alone. My favorite quote is that you're not tough alone. Uh, I say it every day to myself over and over again. I say it to coaches and student athletes here. And I just think the NIAAA is really uh, just shows up in that way every day in that you're not tough alone. You don't have to figure it all out by yourself. You don't have to, you know, make a decision without uh, relying on a lot of people who know more or have more experience than you. So uh, I think it's invaluable and I think it's something every young or new AD should explore.
0: Well, this is uh, my 40th year as a teacher, coach, AD. And uh, I'm not too proud to say you know, I, I learned something uh, new at this level. And I just stole that. You're not tough alone. I'm going to be using that myself. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Well, Jay um,
1: Billis said it. It's from his book, Toughness. And again, it's on my wall in my office. And I say it over and over again. All
0: right. Oh, I love it. It's, <laughs> like, it's great. Um, growing up in an athletic family, um, you know, I did not, but uh, our kids certainly did. My wife, uh, she's a career teacher and coach. And as we moved around the country at the coaching at the college level and eventually landing high school, our three kids had that life of, uh, you know, living in the gym or getting dropped off at practice <laughs> at the college. Um, looking at your own um, experiences uh, growing up, um, those first um, jobs in education and now your time at Curry Ingram, How have you seen the job of the athletic director change over the years from maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago to what, you know, we're doing now each day?
1: Yeah, you know, I've been in this position for uh, 10 years. But as you said, I've been around high school athletics specifically for most of my life. Um, And really, for me, it's more I feel like it. The biggest change is just the increase in options available um, to students. They have more sport options than ever. They can decide where they want to play, when they want to play, what they want to play. Parents have more options in terms of school choice, um, schools versus outside leagues and clubs. They have a lot of choices to make and um, just a growth in the individual opportunities that students have which isn't a negative Uh, there can be a lot of uh, opportunities in that that are very positive for students but uh, I think over time you know when I was in school and I went to a very large high school um, very large public high school but in the winter girls cheerlead or play basketball you know they didn't have other options and now you can play volleyball year round you can you know do a indoor soccer, you can go, you know, all these options that just weren't available, which, you know, it's so great to have so many options and opportunities. But I think as athletic administrators, the challenge is, you know, you're still promoting educational based athletics. You're still trying to help your coaches navigate um, their season and protecting that and the student athletes that are in their season. And so as opportunities increase, seasons overlap. Uh, and so, you know those choices. Like I said, choices are a great thing to have, but it certainly creates some challenges uh, in the educational-based athletic model.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I think it's a great point. I, I think we have to do a better job of what we do, just because of those opportunities, which are wonderful, but at the same time, it uh, it pulls our kids in different directions. Great point. And
1: we have to be flexible. You know, we can't just say, "Well, our season is our season," <clears throat> and not understand what is important to that student and the choices that they've made too because you know we there can be a way to do both there can be a way to do a lot of things you know you can't do everything by any means but we can figure out ways to be flexible and creative to make it work in this new multi-opportunity environment
0: right now another great point let's go ahead and uh talk a little bit about covid um you know certainly it's impacted the nation it's impacted uh our uh, area. What are some things that you did uh, this past spring when COVID first hit and uh, and we lost spring sports? And again, we understand how things are uh, different across the country and, and changing on an almost daily basis. But where are you at right now at your school with uh, your plans to reopen?
1: Sure. Well, a little bit of what we did is, uh, you know, our school pretty much went immediately into virtual after our spring break, we didn't miss much in terms of um, academic time, and our athletics took a quick turn to virtual Um, for us, educational based athletics is not just about what happens when we're practicing or playing. And so our coaches, I felt like really embraced that and just kind of turned into the character education piece of it, the relationship building. And we found some really creative ways to connect that I was quite proud of. Um, One of the things I did that was so simple was uh, started an Instagram post every single day. We, uh, it was the Coach Fish uh, Mustang shirt challenge. And so I started wearing a different Mustang shirt every single day and posting a picture on Instagram to see how many days I could go and to be honest I thought I was going to go have to go about two or three weeks Um, but I ended up going 43 days (laughs) all of our um, time where we were at home learning and probably could have gone about two more months but was certainly glad to (laughs) stop but it also showed me I probably need to clean out my uh, Mustang shirt uh, closet so Uh, But that was just a fun way to connect every single day at 3.30, which is when our students would have been coming to the field house. I posted that shirt just to say, hey, we're still here for you. We want to see you. We want to show school spirit. Um, But all of our coaches found unique and creative ways to connect, either through team meetings, team workouts. Uh, We use Flipgrid a lot to be able to do some fun things with our character traits. Um, And so it's really about connection and finding those ways to do that Uh, now we're you know moving beyond that a little bit as we prepare prepare for the upcoming school year so we had to make a really hard choice this year this week uh, and let our families and students know that we are not going to compete competitively this fall so we changed our model for the fall away from our typical sports teams to sport clubs The benefit of that is we're going to be able to offer a lot more to our students. So some of the uh, sports that we weren't able to offer in the spring because of COVID, we're going to offer as a club now. So we can move soccer to the spring or we can move our track team to the spring. Um, And hopefully we'll be able to even serve more students because they're not intimidated by um, a more competitive environment. But uh, ultimately we wanted students to have a something to look forward to, something where they knew they could play and um, also not jeopardize our academic environment and to be in person as much as possible. And our school has several protocols in place that were gonna be challenging for us to continue sports. And I just didn't feel comfortable in myself that there could be a separate set of rules for athletics um, in this educational based setting. So for us to follow our rules for academics Uh, in our COVID protocols, we really needed to make a shift uh, in our athletic uh, plan for the fall. So we've launched signups. It's going very well. I think people are um, excited to know there's a plan and know what to expect. uh, And we'll get going in just a couple weeks, really.
0: That's, I mean, that's just a great example of uh, what you talked about, about being flexible. You know, Mm -hmm. some states have just Cut everything completely, no sports, uh, you know, and here's a, a situation where you're doing something that works for your school and works for your kids. So, Yeah, And,
1: you know, as you're pivoting in and out or you're anticipating the pivot in and out of in person and virtual, that start and stop of athletics was going to be a challenge and commitments to schedules and leagues. Um, So hopefully we've kind of solved some of that. Uh, It's not going to be perfect. We know that. Um, And there will be people who definitely miss the more competitive environment. But we're hopeful it will return. And our goal, again, is to just be in person for school as much as possible.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Looking back at your time at Curry-Ingram, um, what's something that, uh, you know, when you first arrived, you kind of looked at the situation, uh, you said to yourself, well, you know, that's pretty good, but, you know, I think we can do a better job. Uh, or maybe what's something that you brought brand new that you're particularly proud of?
1: Um, well, So I walked into a good situation but it was a very young program so we've really put a focus on you know developing uh, a lot of structure to this athletic program. I think the thing I'm most proud about is our emphasis on becoming truly an education-based character-based athletic program and what that means um, for us is you know each year we adapt we adopt a theme for our athletic year. Um, You know we've had Multiple ones last year's was all in, and uh, we take our character traits of respect, teamwork, loyalty, work ethic, preparedness, pride, sportsmanship, and honesty. And each week through every season so, in three seasons, we had a word of the week, and every sport, every student athlete on every team, every coach was. incorporating that character trait into the week, having conversations about it. They had freedom to do that however they wanted. Um, But the consistency of that over three seasons, uh, I felt like worked really well and also just really helped us drive home the fact that it is bigger than sport. Um, And obviously when we got to the spring uh, and we were able to continue that piece of our athletic program virtually, I think it really helped show our students that it is about more than sport. It's not about just the performance that we really want uh, to impact our students' lives for long term. So our upcoming theme, we're actually starting a boarding school this fall. So our theme for this year is family. Uh, And I think that's more fitting than I could have even realized when I chose it, which was before COVID uh, in that, you know, you might be learning at home with your family or here with your school family, uh, but we're all in this together and we're looking forward to uh, just ways that we can continue to be great teammates, uh, be great students, uh, and just really, you know, learn all those life skills that are going to be with our students for forever.
0: <laughs> that is certainly uh, an ambitious <laughs> undertaking yeah. at, at any time in the calendar, starting a boarding program and and doing so now. Wow. Uh, um, I'm interested (laughs) to see how that that develops. I know you're going to do a great job, but oh my goodness. Um, Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the idea of uh, social awareness. This past spring, in addition to COVID, we certainly saw uh, an increase in the awareness, hopefully, of uh, the importance of uh, social issues. Um, What are some things from your perspective uh, that athletic directors uh, can do better uh, with their teams, with their schools uh, in this area of uh, social awareness, social consciousness?
1: Yeah, that's tough, especially when you're dealing with such young, impressionable student athletes. Uh, I think for me, it's about visibility. I don't know if you've seen what the WNBA is doing, but they're dedicating their whole season to Breonna Taylor. Um, that's special to me being from Kentucky, and she was from Louisville. Um, but they are making it visible by putting her name on their jerseys and making uh, every game a tribute to her. Uh, it's also about awareness. So what can I personally do? And asking the students when they feel so passionate that they want to just do something, really saying like, you know, think about it and what can you personally do and helping students direct towards that. Uh, So I think that's key. And then finally, education, Uh, you know, we uh, will bring in a speaker or, you know, maybe now a virtual speaker and just thinking about how can we incorporate that social piece into those opportunities that already exist. Um, so, you know, we have a speaker at our awards night every single year. And so, how can we find unique ways that are um, personal to my athletic program or our, our school um, to educate ourselves and our community about these items that are important to us, but knowing what's important to the students and listening to them on what they need to know more about? And then again, like just to help direct. What can they do? How can they, um, find their voice in this, whether that's through sport or something else.
0: Hmm. Great stuff. Um, what are some of your favorite things about the job at Curry Ingram? What gets you excited each day about coming into work?
1: Yeah, I am really in my dream job and I'm not just saying that, you know, I did not know. I, I never set out to be an athletic director. I really didn't. Uh, I was happy working in the alumni office at Beaumont, which is what I did after uh, coaching. But just like I said, I had that itch to get back in athletics and found my way here. And yeah, I just am in my perfect place. <laughs> and so I'll, ultimately it's about the relationships with the students, you know, without a doubt. Um, we have a no cut environment. So I'm in this environment where students who maybe wouldn't have an opportunity to participate in sport, and especially in school sport, get to experience all that it means to be a student athlete. And I don't take that lightly. Uh, I I am so fortunate that we really get to rally around any student showing up to participate and what can they get out of sport. So I really value that. I love the relationships with our coaches as well and just being able to support them. It's for me, the best days are the days that I am able to connect in a lot of different ways with a lot of different people. So either our students, our officials, you know, parents, fans from other schools, the community, all of our grades here at the school. I'm probably in a unique position in the school in that we're a K to 12 environment and I get to interact with all grades here. Uh, so it's there's just so much variety, but ultimately it always comes back to the people and the connections and relationships. No,
0: absolutely. It's all about the kids and the people. Well, Kelly, this has just been wonderful. Uh, listening to uh, how you do things at Curry Ingram, but we're not quite done. Okay? Okay. Um, our final segment is what we call the athletic director's toolbox. And you're certainly an experienced AD now, and your task is to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. Uh, what three things are gonna go in Kelly Fish's AD toolbox?
1: I would tell them to always model what they expect. That's number one. Number two, be consistent in how you show up and in the decisions you make. And number three, again, remember that you are not tough alone. So whatever that means for you, relying on colleagues where you're at, leaning into your state association, of course the NIAAA, finding a colleague in Florida, (laughs) whatever it takes, you are not tough alone. And so um, you don't, there's no decision in this world, no thing you have to bear by yourself. So consistency, modeling expectations, and you are not tough alone.
0: Uh Great advice. Uh, Kelly, thanks for being on the show. It was great.
1: Jake, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to you and the work that you are doing. Um, you really, you model it every single day. The fact that you can manage this among everything else that you're doing in your school and all the great work you do and all the great work you do for the NIAA. It has been a pleasure to get to know you and I just look forward to continuing this relationship as well as we um, move forward and- figure out this
0: next year together. Well, thank you for those kind words. Like you, I'm at a great school and I have a great boss that, you Mm -hmm. know, supports uh, what we do, understands the importance of uh, educational athletics in the uh, larger role of the school. Well, um, to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Kelly, thanks again for being on. Look forward to seeing you in Tampa in December. Fingers crossed. Yes. uh, um, Everybody, come back again. Next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the Educational AD YouTube channel that's Educate Ath DIR and A on YouTube. Thanks again for listening.